Dr. Nikki Starr. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. For sure. So I, I want to start off by just understanding, you know, just looking at your your social media account, right? It says medical doctor turned spiritual teacher. So for a lot of people in the Western world, they're probably like, whoa, what does that mean? So I'd love to start there, honestly, and just hear your story of how you progressed through, you know, Western medicine and, and went through that avenue and where you kind of pivoted and saw, you know, the the natural healings and the teachings and where you are today and how you got there. So I'd love to have you kind of start there and tell us a little bit about your journey um, and your transition. Yeah, it's a it's a great question, a long, a long answer. <laughs> so where to begin? Well, first, even just like that aspect of title or spiritual teacher, it was interesting because I often go through like, well, what do I even call myself with what I do right. now? Um, you know, from a young age, I was always drawn to healing and helping people. And people would just naturally come up to talk to me about their problems, situations in their lives. And I just naturally offered advice and a healing touch or a hand or a hug. And I'm a very affectionate, loving person. And this would just come through naturally. So when you are growing up in New York City, the only path that appears as a possibility is to become a doctor. At least that's the one that I saw. Mm -hmm. I loved school. I excelled in school. And so I went and I did that. And it was a beautiful experience. And when I was in the hospital, I was realizing that the the state at, in which people were leaving me was not what I felt in my being meant like check, they're healed, they're in a better state. So there was something that was missing for me. And then I started traveling the world. I started doing yoga. I started meditating. And this was shifting my consciousness. And and kind of like how I felt after a yoga class and how I saw other people feel after a yoga class, I was like, that's that's the thing. Mm-hmm. And it was this state of peace and relaxation and calm and centeredness and almost like everything was better after yoga. And that was the first jumping point from leaving Western medicine was I became a yoga instructor. So way back when my Instagram would have said a medical doctor turned yoga instructor, you know, (laughs) and then from there, life coaching naturally started to happen because people saw that I was transforming my life, which was inspiring them to want to transform their lives. And what better person to be a guide than someone who did. And because many people are faced with this plague of I spent all this time becoming this person and now I'm changing and what do I do? Mm. Right. And so this is the natural, this is life. And this is why the word spiritual teacher ends up being this more general umbrella because when we live what I call a quote unquote spiritual life or conscious life, it's when we are mindful of every aspect of our life from what we eat, to our relationships, knowing that everything serves a function and a purpose. Nothing is by chance. And spirituality is about giving meaning to things. So this idea of synchronicity and serendipity and that everything serves a purpose for teaching, for healing, and that we're on this planet for a reason. It's not like we're just here being like, oh, great, we're having this experience. It's like, yes, and there's a bigger story behind what there seems to be. So all of my programs, as you see on my social media posts, everything is really about having us look at life through a greater lens. And so the term spiritual teacher, I feel, is more all-encompassing because I also do energy healing work. I guide people through meditations. I help people connect with their true self. And to me, this is spirituality. Yeah, I I very much agree. And reality is a lot stranger than fiction, especially when you do start to, you know, hone in on those synchronicities, those messages, just that energy in general. Um, you know, it's, it's an amazing life journey for sure. What, what drew you to that though? Was there, was there some underlying self-work that you wanted to do yourself, um, that you wanted to tap into, or was it something that you just got naturally drawn through, um, with yoga? But because what we tend to see, right, is when we start going on, you know, and using these tools, yoga, uh, 
plant medicines, meditation, whatever it may be, breath work, there always seems to be some self-healing we want to do as well. So can you talk to us a little bit about that and what your personal healing journey looked like and what motivated you to kind of start wanting to help heal others from that? Yeah. So it's funny. Um, my spiritual journey did not start in a spiritual way at all. It was like, oh, I'm living in New York City. I used to do gymnastics. I want to make sure that I'm you know, working in the hospital all these hours. Like, I want to keep my hot body. Yoga gives people a hot body. <laughs> right. Totally just like working out kind of mentality. And I didn't know the effects that it would have. And same thing like travel for me was Surprise. a big awakener. Yeah. <laughs> and travel was a big awakener. And I was like, I want to touch every, con- I want to touch like every city and like go to every continent. And by the time I was 25, I touched every continent except Antarctica. But it came wow. from a love for travel. It didn't come from like, oh, I want to go have spiritual experiences around the world. While I was traveling, I totally had spiritual experiences and it was opening my heart. It was opening my mind. I was really seeing the beauty of the diversity of humanity and also all the challenges and like poverty and like all these things that, yes, we see homeless people in New York City, but it's so different when you go to different countries and see how people live. Mm -hmm. And, And then I did medical missions in third world countries. And that also was like, having me question a lot of things. So my spiritual journey did not start in this, like I had this one moment or something. It was many moments coming together. Mm -hmm. However, I come from a lineage of healers through my Colombian lineage, through my mother's side. And this was not really known to me until I started asking questions because my grandmother was an immigrant to the US and she was really in a survival mode and there was a lot of hardships that my grandparents faced so they were not really there telling us about the history of the family but when i would go and work with healers and shamans and they were like this is your path like this is who you are go ask your grandmother you know and so that was also part of like i was born with this and it's just, I was sleeping and then I woke up and that's what we call spiritual mm. awakening. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, uh, that's one of the moments I feel like is, is, is one of the hardest I find that I find myself in, in that, you know, now myself is trying to, you know, align ourselves to what it is we're actually here for and what that purpose is. So, you know, to find that I'm sure had to have been, you know, an amazing feeling, um, when when do you think that was? Did, was like you said, I know it was a combination of moments, but can you remember the time where the light bulb kind of went off and you're like, you know what? There's something to this. There is some magic there. There is some, you know, esoteric things happening that, you know, it's hard to be aware of, but once you see it, you can't unsee it. Yeah, I remember doing we had a yoga club. I went to NYU Medical School and and I remember like being in this like back room off the cafeteria where we were doing yoga. And I remember like just having a transcendental moment of feeling, you know, I had never done drugs or anything at that point in my life. So mm-hmm. I just didn't know what really high was, but I would imagine <laughs> this is what high felt like. Right. You know, I was like, this feels like being high, you know? And because it felt like an, an Euphoria. state of consciousness. Yeah. And it felt like spaciousness. And I was like, wow, what is that? And it was so yummy and like intoxicating. And it was like, oh, like bliss, really. So I had, I remember that particular experience while doing yoga. And then I remember when I was scuba diving on the barrier reef and I was under the sea and seeing all the diversity of plant life and the beauty of life that we don't normally see. I was like questioning my whole life of like, this is so beautiful. Why am I not just like a scuba diving instructor? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, a, yeah, exactly. what are, am I here to be in the hospital writing prescriptions or is it about helping people create a beautiful life on all levels? And then I was, remember skydiving in Australia and this, the jump was so, of course there was that rush, but then the moment the parachute went up and there was so much silence 
And I was like, like it felt so, I felt like the infinite. Talking about letting go. (laughs) Yeah. So I just had so many like of these little moments that were like glimpses of something beyond what we see in our everyday lives. But it can be a part of our everyday lives. And that's kind of what my work is about, right? Like how to live in this state all the time. Did you feel a different sense of alignment? So like once you went from, you know, your, your medical practice to teaching yoga, did you feel that sense of alignment? And once that feeling was there, you know, to looking at the work you did now, a lot of people are like, well, you know, they're always like, oh, how do you do that? How do you even start? What, what does that, what did that look like once you did, if you felt that alignment, what kept you on that path and how did you progress from that, from yoga to what you're doing now? I really like to say like our destiny is almost inevitable. If we really follow the signs and listen to our hearts and honor what feels good and true, Mm. it's like we're taken on a journey. I could never tell you. I think there's certain things I've always known. Like I've always known I was going to live like in a beach house. You know, I've Mm. just known that in my cells. Was it a prophecy or an intuition? I mean, who really knows? I've always known that like I'm working with people and having retreats and online court. Like there's certain things I always felt like I knew were inevitable and there's more to come that I know is inevitable. But that's the thing. I'm, I'm still becoming as all of us are, right? I'm just, and what my practice is and then what I also share with my clients and people, my students is about really deep listening to what is being asked. Like, how can we be of highest service? What's our highest excitement? Usually this is in alignment with our soul's mission and what we're here to do and create. Mm-hmm. It's really acknowledging and honoring like who's crossing our path, like, and having that space in our lives for the surprises, the surprises that are guiding us to our destiny. So I feel it's if you're choosing to really live life and not necessarily follow a plan, then it unfolds and it's going to be different for every person because each one of us have a different destiny. So Mm. our spiritual path will be different. But I'd say like whenever I felt desire, desire to travel somewhere, a desire to go to this place or that or meet this person or have that experience, I honored it. Mm. Well, that brings up two interesting points, I think, is in super popular words, control and fear. So tell me when you when you felt that, you know, basically how, you know, all these teachings tell you to let go, you know, get in that flow state and just surrender that control over. Is that what you felt when you feel, felt like you were truly aligned to what you were called to? Did you feel yourself not necessarily trying to control everything, but just being present in the moment and letting go of that control, you know, cause for me, um, you know, especially being somebody that quote unquote was diagnosed with obsessive compulsive as an early, at an early age and so forth and so on. I was so obsessed on controlling everything, you know, my, my thoughts, my emotions, conversations, interactions, my destiny. Right. And then it seems like the best moments. And like you say, when you feel that euphoria, is when we let go and not have control. It's kind of like the scary slash happy slash like best feeling in the world, but it's like, you know, we can't put it to words. Words almost ruin it. So would you say that, you know, you felt like you had to let go of control for things to naturally take place or or what would you say around the word control there? I, I feel that as humans, we're in this constant quote unquote battle between letting go and control. And of course, the practice, the quote unquote spiritual practice is definitely about releasing control and surrendering and trusting. And it still is a practice, like even for me where I'm like, okay, I'm here and I have so much information and practices and tools to share with people and energy and so many things. And it's like, what is the package that that's going to look Like, what is it going to, what form is that going to take? That is still a practice of like letting go and surrendering and trusting Mm. that I'm going to be guided to what's for the highest and best good. 
But that's not to say uh, we when most humans are scared of the unknown. And that's where the control aspect takes place. But if we could shift our perception to think like, wow, I love the unknown because in the unknown, there are infinite possibilities, right? And so Mm -hmm. seeing opportunities in situations versus, and there are plenty of practices like meditation helps us release control. So does yoga, right? As we become more flexible Mm -hmm. in the body, we become flexible in life. So. Anything we do for our personal development supports us in releasing the control and allowing ourselves to let go and receive the gifts that the universe life has to offer us. Yeah. And I think, you know, what stops that a lot of of times for people, right, is, is that F word that everybody talks about and it's fear but it's not fear in the sense that we're, you know, running from predators and lions and tigers and bears, right? We're fearing this narrative or these thoughts that aren't necessarily even our own or the story we've been telling ourselves. And, you know, a big part of what I advocate about mental health is like, you know, the the cliche saying, you can't see the forest sometimes because of the trees, you know, you're staring at that piece of bark so closely. Um, you know, you can't see the big picture and what's, what's to come. And sometimes we're not supposed to see those things. And so it's that funny, you know, that funny F word, right. And what, what are some of the tactics that you used to alleviate that fear and, and bring forth, um, you know, for lack of a better term, I think alignment or manifestation, because I, everybody has a different definition of manifestation and how to do it and how and what you should do. Right. So what do you think? you would uh, recommend to people and what did you do to alleviate that fear and bring forth that manifestation or that attraction in your life? It's it's exactly what I was just sharing before. It's the same techniques that you would use to release the control. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And so it's anything for our personal development. So that can be around meditation, energy techniques, going in out into nature and doing different kinds of experiences, like even like sweat lodges or any kind of spiritual ceremonies or practices. Um, Even reading certain kinds of books help to transmit information that helps to shift our brain and perception around that. Like I mentioned, yoga, any kind of mindful practice, even martial art practices like Qigong and basically anything that's going to work on our energy structure to help us expand because fear is a contraction and fear is usually fear of the unknown. So if we can learn to be present here and now, we're not so much in the future. And then of course, to help alleviate some types of manifestation techniques can be really powerful because it's like this idea of, okay, I'm putting my intentions out to the universe and I trust that whatever's for the highest and best good is going to manifest. But I, at least I put my ticket in and I told the universe, Hey, this is what I'd really love knowing that something better could even happen if it's not that. So there's, I mean, there's so much really, (laughs) even like tarot cards and Oracle cards and things like this help alleviate people's fear and anxiety. Yeah. It's, it's crazy because I've gotten into Oracle cards recently myself and it's crazy, you know, like you said, different tools and different avenues we can go through and get relatively the same messages, but in different channels, right. In different frequencies. So it's, you know, cause I practice martial arts and do a bunch of these different things that you mentioned, but it's always a different, uh, feeling, right. It's, it's the message towards the same thing, but it gives you a different feeling like pieces to the puzzle almost. Um, and that's what I, I appreciate about the diversity of so many different avenues, especially like you mentioned, you know, between moving your body and your mind and what that can do to, you know, help heal people. Cause yeah, I, and even I, having support too, like having a coach, a healer you work with, someone that is guiding you through a process so that you don't feel so alone too. And that, and who can offer a sense of hope as well. Yes. Yep. And that's, uh, that's part of this, you know, this movement I'm trying to put together. It's, you know, really I'm trying to say, you know, who's behind the mask because I think, 
you know, we have so much cognitive dissonance and we're trying to be so many things and so many people in so many situations that we end up ultimately like losing sight of who we are when it's already always, you know, within us, but we're always trying to be, you know, who's the the person at work or who's the spouse or in, in like Shakespeare says, you know, we're stepping on stage playing all these roles. Um, but to me, when you, when you're not your truest self and you're playing these parts, you ultimately, you know, start losing who you are and start losing those passions. So I think, um, as healers and as people that we're trying to, you know, this big conscious movement that's happening that we're seeing take place, we've got a lot of work and undoing to do, but I, I think it's, it's going in the right direction. Wouldn't you say? Of course I have so much hope for humanity and, this, I call it the new paradigm that we're stepping into and what we're here to co-create and all the changes that we're going to see and have been seeing. So I'm very hopeful. And I also feel like I am an idealist and an optimist though, but I think that that's just positive manifestation. Yeah. And and on that topic too, what, what are some of the tactics that you use for, for your manifestation? And I know that may be a broad question, but I like how you said it because I'm a big person that says intention is everything. I think intention answers a lot of questions. So for you, is it just as simple as having that set intention, putting it out there and then just realizing like, Hey, that's my intention. I'm just waiting for reality to catch up. Or is it more detailed and intricate than that for you? It's definitely more detailed um, and different levels of courses that I have in coaching programs. Like I go through different things. But yeah, the the basic foundation is first just clarity, like getting really clear on what it is you do. Most that's usually most people's issue is they don't even know what they want. They know what they don't want. And that's a lot of when clients come to me, it's like rewriting of their language and how they're speaking and I'm like, "Okay, you don't want that. So what's the opposite? What do you do want?" And then it takes time to even begin to speak in that way. So the clarity around what you want, yes, getting clear, setting intentions, writing them in a specific way so that they manifest is also really key. A lot of my work also entails combining rituals and different types of meditation techniques that, and even certain types of visualization techniques. And this also helps to direct the energy, you can say. And almost like give energy Mm. to the intentions that are being sent. I also do a lot of work around supporting people and releasing what's not serving them and reprogramming limiting belief structures because we, whatever is possible in reality is based on a person's belief system. Mm. So if someone doesn't believe something can happen, it's not going to happen. So it's really that saying of like seeing is believing. So really having to reframe and like, literally like clear out, I call it like the gunk of someone's mind and reprogram new thought forms so that they can really expand what they believe to be possible and even open to infinite possibilities. Because that's another issue of what gets people stuck is they expect to see things one way. So really being able Mm -hmm. to expand one's consciousness to receive many ways for things to happen, even beyond beyond what they think is possible, that's really key for really stepping it up and manifesting in a bigger way as well. Yeah, I I think belief is a very strong force. And one of my favorite movies is Cloud Atlas. And there's a part in the movie where Tom Hanks is basically saying like, along the lines of like belief, like love and fear is a force to be understood. Like we understand you know, quantum physics and trajectory. And it goes on with his quote, but that, that is a thing is that we don't tend to put much value on belief. Like we do, you know, powers and feelings like love and fear, right? Cause belief is a very strong force. And I think that's why there's so many, um, different avenues for these tools, like Oracle cards or like different rituals. Right. And I think it's sometimes not necessarily the the ritual itself, but the belief behind it. Would would you say that's accurate? Well, it's almost like if we were going to use the word magic, right? Like I feel like magic works for people who believe magic works. Yeah. So same thing. If I do you, like some magic. If you're like pulling an oracle card and you think this is baloney, like you're not going to like 
it's not going to have an effect on you. You have to believe. Same mm. thing, like if you went to a medical doctor, like if you believe the medicine's going to make you better, sure, it might. I mean, it might also give you side effects. But this idea that if you, like same thing, if you went to an energy healer and you were like, I don't believe this, like whatever you are seeking support in, it's important that you believe in it. Could it still work without you believing it? Sure. Would it be harder? Yes. So part the power of the human mind is so important for our healing and our optimization. Yeah, it's it's uh it's wild to me <laughs> how much our mind takes course. Um, you know, just from going through my own, you know, mental health journey, I haven't had a chance to share this with you, but you know, when I was a, a child, I was diagnosed at, you know, five years old with you know, OCD and all this laundry list of things, right? And at Duke Hospital, they were ready to basically institutionalize me. I was licking carpet floors. I was counting tiles. I was washing my hands so they would bleed. Um, and my mom, they actually gave me the wrong medication. And my mom said, look, you know, no more. We're not, we can't just do this. And she quit her job and became a stay-at-home mom. And we just went from psychologist to psychologist. And and we're fortunate enough to get through all of that um, without, you know, any SSRIs or medication and things like that, not to negatively talk bad about all medications. Right. But there was to your point, a power in that belief and a power that at a very early age, she told me that, you know, you're, you know, you're in control. And that's why that goes back to that control word. It's a weird word, but you're in control of your mind and, and how you, you know, do things. And, and like you, I always did well in school and perform well and et cetera, et cetera. But through that journey, I saw firsthand how powerful the mind really is. Um, and that's where I like, I love to have conversations like this because it shows people that are going through those hard times that there is hope. Um, they are on the right track and you can connect and heal through so much. Like you said, having a coach, having a mentor, having a network, um, of people that are on that collective mission together. And that's something that looks like you've done a really amazing job of doing is cultivating, you know, I hate the word influencer and all that, right. But really a, uh, collective, a family of people that are like-minded to the sense that they're all very different, but all have the same objective and goal and want to put back and, and give. Right. And so I think that's uh, really important. And that's what I love about your work and what drew me to this conversation is that, you know, you practice what you preach. And I think that's a, a, a big part to it for sure. Yeah, I definitely um, agree with that. I do want to just acknowledge you for your journey and the beauty of the fact that you overcame something in your way using the power of your mind and the love of your mother and the support that you had to be able to shift something that obviously was creating a, a disturbance in your life, you know, to the point that your hands were bleeding, you know, like that is like pretty severe, right? And then the fact that you were able to overcome it and then now you are giving back and offering these podcasts is really beautiful because through example too, we can, it's like vicariously learn through someone or think, oh, they did yeah. it, I could do it too. So it, it acts as a form of support and it speaks to like practicing what you preach, for example, right? So you went through whatever you went through and so you're qualified to be really a coach for anyone who's going through something similar. So what we overcome, we can support other people to do that too. And I feel I that, yeah. And then the same is as someone who guides others, like, of course I practice what I preach or else it would be, <laughs> I think first of all, it would be obvious in a way. That's it's right. kind of like going to the gym and having a trainer that's not fit or something right? Like you'd be able to tell and think like, mm -hmm. how, how is this person going to help me? Right. If they're not the living embodiment, because part of how we transmit information is through the embodiment of it. So someone can actually just come and hang out with me and then they would transform. Like I don't actually have to like do anything with them. Mm. It's like, we are able to transfer as humans, we're social mammals. We can transfer energy ways of being embodiments from one person to the other, just from proximity. I love that. And I completely agree. My neighbor is a 75 year old Vietnam veteran, retired um, VA psychologist. And 
I mean, yes, I feel that every moment I sit in the room with that man, um, and he doesn't have to say a word, you know, it's just that there's these gifts and it's like you said, and that's exactly where I am on this life path is, is trying to align myself. And that's honestly, you know, how I came across you is like, I wanted to start looking at other people that were doing similar things that I aspire to do, but we all do it differently, right? Like we are all uniquely gifted with something, even though we're doing similar things, there's always a unique message and approach and really just audience. Cause there's, there's no way we, one person can serve everyone. Right. And, and that's, what's the beautiful thing about <laughs> messages, right? Somebody can say one thing one way and somebody else says it the same, you know, says the same thing in a different way and it may just click. Um, and like you said earlier, it just gives that person hope. Uh, and that's why, you know, I, I like to connect with people like yourself because it's, you know, it is time we, t- we start taking off that mask and stop trying to be what everyone wants us to be. Or, you know, I, I saw you talk a lot recently about rules, right. And I'd love for you to kind of talk about that and, and, and breaking away from what society may think, you know, we are and kind of what we mentioned earlier is how to align with yourself. And what would you say, like, everybody's always looking for that first step, right? What would you tell somebody if they're are feeling lost or they are feeling out of alignment, what is that first step they can do to start, you know, not following the rules all the time, but, but going to the beat of their own drum as cliche as that sounds, what, what would you say could be some of those first steps? Obviously the tools we mentioned, but what is that basic, like, Oh, step one that, you know, there's not a manual out there, but what could somebody do to go in the right direction? You think from the work you've done? Well, I feel that the easiest way to break the rules is when We follow our hearts because that is the priority. If we're not following our heart and living in alignment with our heart, which you can say in another way is like living in alignment with your soul's essence or Mm -hmm. your soul's purpose, you usually feel bad. Something You feel badly. Something in your life is wanting to change. And that's what brings upon symptoms of like whatever, whether it's emotional, even physical pain and symptoms. So for me, I always have people get really clear of like, what do you desire? What do you feel would make you happy? Right? Because a lot of Mm -hmm. times people are living lives. It's not even their life. They like went to school. They told they were supposed to do something and they feel like they should do this to please their parents or this, or they went to school for so long. So that means they have to do that profession. I mean, within one life, we can have seven careers if we wanted. There's no rules. Like we create our own rules. Do I like discipline? A hundred percent. I think discipline is very important when it comes to actually saying like, I should do this. I need to do this. That's usually self-imposed or imposed from society or family or culture. Mm -hmm. And if, if it's causing a constriction in your heart and you feel depressed and sad and not loving life, then it's a very clear something needs to change. And my advice is take time to sit, listen to your heart journal. Like, what are you deeply desiring? What wants to shift? What's wanting to be called forth in your life? Hmm. Are are you in my head right now? Like, what is going on? Like, you're just saying everything. Uh, you know, it's, that's why I love these conversations because it's 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 beneficial in all ways. Like, I love asking these questions and hearing it because it, it resonates with all of us. Right. And we're all going through things. And like you said earlier, it's a, it's a practice. It's things you're constantly doing every day because it's an athlete, like an athlete, right? If that athlete or performer or whoever were to stop practicing, that muscle memory starts to fade. Those skills start to fade. It's still there. You still got it, but it's not as sharp and crisp uh, as it should be. And yeah, I mean, (laughs) it's like you're reading my mind because that's exactly what I'm living, uh, at this very moment. And so that's, what's, what's crazy for me. And, um, and why I like to share openly and authentically because, you know, it's, especially as a father, right. I've got a a two month old little boy and, um, to now prioritize someone else other than myself. It's of course, when you're in a relationship, there's a balance, but to now have another soul solely responsible for you that, potentially chose you regardless, you know, 
depending on your beliefs about reincarnation, may have chose me for a certain uh, life's mission. Um, you know, it's it's uh, it's life changing. So that is uh, where I am at right now. So that just <laughs> that that knocked me off my feet a little bit, and that doesn't normally happen. So thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. So congratulations well, on being a father. I appreciate that. It's uh, definitely life changing. Um, like I said, it's um, one of those things where it's um, puts things in perspective big time. And, you know, I uh, had a shift in my income here recently. And, you know, I've been, like you said, working with a friend who's for, you know, fortunately a friend and knows my financial situation and happens to be a coach. And I mean, she's pretty much saying very similar things and she's very much a healer like you are. And so that synchronicity and those constant messages do help because, you know, knowing I only have three or four months of money saved up, right? Like I don't mind sharing that vulnerable side of me. It's like knowing how much is in my bank account is a tough situation to be in. I've never been in that situation a day in my life, but, you know, going through the things that we're talking about right now, having that faith and doing that work, um, you know, it gives you that motivation and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm working on getting rid of the fear myself because it is, scary because you know you don't have another you know you don't have another li- you have another life to provide for now outside of your own so mm. that uh it makes well, for a, i also like to remind people that like security is kind of an illusion anyway like it is it very much is in any moment whether it's yes like fortune can come but at the same time things can shift and it happens on purpose. I like to say it could be divine intervention. You know, a lot of times when my clients get fired from their jobs, a lot of times they didn't even like their job. And it gave them the opportunity yep. to find when they actually really loved and even making more money. So what we think could be like a challenging moment or an upset could be one of our biggest blessings. So I just want to mm-hmm. invite that for you to, to take with you because you know, it may seem like it's this really challenging time. And of course it is, you're living that experience. But when you look back, it could be, wow, that was the greatest gift allowed mm. me to go deep and discover what I really wanted to do with my life and then move forward with that. Big time. And yeah, I've been seeing that in my charts in all kinds of ways. Um, and that's another thing I think I've seen you talk about a little bit as well as, is astrology, right? Do you, how much work do you normally do around astrology and, and that type of So yeah, it's interesting. I recently was having a debate with a friend who's a skeptic about astrology and um, I have found it to be very interesting. And I I am not personally an astrologist, but I do like know about my chart. And I do see certain things like actually yesterday I had dinner with a friend and she is a Scorpio double Virgo and I'm a Cancer double Virgo. I'm a Scorpio double Virgo. Oh, that's great. Yeah, Scorpio sun, Virgo moon, Virgo rising. Yeah. So, so is my friend Maria and oh, wow. we were saying, and that's, so now, right. When you just told me that, and then you told me about your OCD, I thought like, oh, oh big yes. time. Yes. Right. Because so what it helps, <laughs> what I find astrology does, it's like kind of, I take it all with a grain of salt. However, I do feel like it gives us information that helps relating. So we're more compassionate towards each other. So for example, when I'm being very meticulous and like wanting things a very specific way, and and then my friends know, or I just say, please forgive the double Virgo. And I say it like a joke. (laughs) They know that like, I have this part of me that is very meticulous and likes things in order and is very detail oriented, et cetera, et cetera. And, and the gift of it, of course, there's like the shadow side of things and the light Mm -hmm. side of things. So yeah, could it be annoying for other people when like, I'm like, Oh, put the bowl away into the cupboard and shut the cupboard. (laughs) Right. Like, and at the same time, like I love that my house is organized and clean. Right. And so, So for someone who's unorganized, it could be like this annoying thing. However, if we knew about each other's charts and and ways of being, it helps to know like, okay, you're like this just because you were born like that. It's not something to judge or want to change about you. It's something that I can have compassion for. So even like when we go through different phases of our life, if we find, you know, I have found like kind of like Oracle cards that 
when people get their chart read for the time of year it is, that it can help put them at ease if, let's say, they're feeling challenged around money or love and they get their chart read and they see that there's certain planets and certain signs and then they're like able to breathe because they know it's only transient. It's not forever. Mm, The planets are going to change. And just like the moon changes and it's full and then it's new. And, and this also can affect people's how they're feeling and all of this. So I feel that as you know, we can say a lot of reasons of why I think it's true, but I think that the fact that we look up at the stars and we are affected by them and there's this desire to want to go travel in space and knowing that we're so much percentage of water and knowing how the planetary mm-hmm. bodies, just like the moon, affects the tide of the ocean, which is water. And we have the ocean inside of us, right? We are salt water inside of us. How could it not affect us? And and so, yeah, I, I think I don't like base. You know, when people are like, oh, it's Mercury retrograde. Don't do this. Yeah. <laughs> I don't give it as an excuse to stop my life. I give it as maybe a form of validation of like, oh, okay, this is happening. So I can be a little more gentle around these things. Or I, oh, my, you know, my friend has this in their chart. I can be more compassionate and loving Mm -hmm. if I might find it to be a trigger or something. Right. So. Yeah. It's the hermetic principle, right? It's the as so above, so below. So I think it very much ties into astrology with that too, you know, as above, so below. So you know, we experience that. And like you said, there's, there's changes and it kind of gives you like this macro, like almost like a game plan. Right. And then, then I go down the rabbit hole of like, Oh, what's, what's free will and what's predetermined. So that (laughs) you can get down that rabbit hole from thinking about some of that too. Right. Totally. Um, I'd love to hear taking action. Oh, you want to, do you want me to elaborate more on that? Yeah. I was going to ask you too, like, what, what is your thoughts on, you know, like you said, with action and tied that into free will versus predetermined. What is there a balance? Is there one or the other? What what have you felt to be true in your experiences? Yeah, I mean, I love this topic because I feel that both are true. Um, I do think we have to take action because we'll miss opportunities. It's almost like, let's say the way I see destiny is like, there are maybe these forks in the road. Mm-hmm. And if you go left or right, it's going to like maybe change the course. And maybe some things are so destined, like, you know, there's a saying, like, if there's roses, then they will bloom, you know, like some things. However, it's like, yeah, maybe you can be destined to be president of the United States. But if you like sit on your couch and like drink beer and like watch sports all day, like maybe that's like not going to happen. Right. Because, or you are destined to write like these 10 best selling books, but you never sit down to write. It's not going to just magically happen. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you still have to participate in life. Right. What do you if think it's right in front of you, essentially. What do you mean it's right in front of me? So, like, do you think, like, like you said, like the road's right in front of you, you just have to drive down it exactly. at least? Exactly. It's like you can take a camel to water, but you can't make the camel drink. Mm-hmm. So you could, even with love too, I think certain relationships could happen, but if people are scared or not taking action or stepping up or showing up, like it's like a beautiful opportunity that's missed, you know, mm-hmm. or even when people stay in relationships too long, they're missing out on other opportunities for relationships. So it's also knowing like, when is the expiration date and when is the moment to carpe diem? Right. Like these, it's very, this is why we need to be present in the moment so we can recognize like, this is good for me and this is not for me. Yeah. And I think that's when that intuition rings through what, when you get in those moments though, (laughs) and this may make me sound a little crazy, but I think we're all guilty of it. We, we hear multiple voices in our head. Right. And sometimes if we get too analytical, because being that obsessive person, right. Or having that diagnosis or having those stars and planets in alignment the way they did, I'm always thinking about thinking about thinking. So what, what do you think about that in the sense that, um, you know, when, when we trying to think of a way to, to put this, but is there a way to distinguish, you know, what voice we're hearing is our intuition and what voice is just maybe our ego or our 
whatever monkey mind, whatever you want to categorize it as, how do you differentiate that in your life when you feel, is it a feeling for you or is it a voice or how do you feel when you're going towards that calling? Yeah, I think that often it, it depends like what thing it is, right? Like let's say with with clients, for example, a lot of times when I ask them questions, I like take the, their fear off the table. So for example, with someone's mission and purpose, if I'm like, if you had all the money in the world, what would you do with your time? Right? And then, yeah. and then asking them more questions and how they can use it in service and blah, 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 to get to the crux of like maybe what their true life's calling is for their purpose and how they're sharing their gifts with the world. And then the same thing with like, with love relationships, right? It's like, sometimes there's like, people are just so attached. They've been with someone for so long, right? And then sometimes you're like, Mm -hmm. well, what if there was someone better out there for you? Like, are you in it because it's really about this person or are you just comfortable and you're scared of like being alone? Like, you know, the question is like, let's say if you were destined to like, you know, it's not even a possibility. You wouldn't be alone. So a lot of times I like to clear that fear in the mind and like give presuppositions, like to make them feel secure so then they can operate from a heart centered space versus the fear of the mind. So I also like to say, how do things feel in the body as well? Because sometimes like people have checklists of the things they want to manifest and something can show up and it's exactly the checklist, but it doesn't feel right. Something feels off. So listening to those quote unquote gut feelings, I think are also important and they speak to our intuition and, you know, about human design, I'm sure. Right. Yeah. And so human design helps you understand how you operate. So are you like a person that's like, you listen to your gut or do you listen to instinct? And we all have, just like people who have like, we can call them supernatural abilities, like clairaudience, clairvoyance. It's like whether you Mm -hmm. hear things or have visions or feel things in your body. I'd say that there's not one formula for all of humanity. It's important to understand how you operate, but generally it's like how things feel in your body, what feels heart-centered if you had all of the X in the world or if you were destined for sure, you knew it would happen, then what, cho- what choice would you make? Right. Mm-hmm. So then helping to clear the, the mind chatter. I love that. Yeah. I love that. So where, where can people, you know, speaking of clients, where can people find you? Where can they contact you? Um, and then what type of, you know, services do you offer to folks? Great. Yes. Thank you for sharing. So I offer a variety of online programs and I do one-to-one coaching less. So I I really have shifted more into the group coaching aspect because I find that people really learn from each other. And when we have a community of people to go through life with, it's that much more beautiful. And I also have some evergreen courses that are more affordable that are just there um, for any time people want to get started and I, I'm thinking about doing a sub- subscription-based model that takes people on a journey every month with a different meditation and a different workshop experience, but all online so I can reach people around the world. So there's a lot of things that are happening and books and all of that. And the best place to stay in touch to find out what's going on is on my Instagram at Dr. Nikki Starr, D-R-N-I-K-K-I-S-T-A-R-R. And then my website has different blog posts and also has things that I'm up to and opportunities to work with me or even have me speak at an event or things like that. And that's drnikkistar.com, D-R-N-I-K-K-I-S-T-A-R-R.com. And yeah, I love staying in touch with people. And if we do have a a space for a link, we could include... um, if you opt into my um, newsletter to stay in touch, I have a free meditation that is sent to people. So that's another way to um, stay in touch with me as well. So thank you. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Definitely check out her work. Um, like I said earlier, you, she practices what she preaches, but it, it comes out very honest as well. And that's what I was drawn to, you know, just, you speak the honest truth in the sense that you see it. And so that's why I really liked is that, 
you know, we have these difficult conversations. We put these things out there and I, I thoroughly enjoy, you know, following your content and what you have to say. Um, and then too, like, especially I, I do a lot of talking about like, you know, men, right. And this toxic, toxic masculinity. I think you've got a program specifically for men coming up too. Is that correct? Yeah. So I have one for women that's already been, that's already happened. And then the mm-hmm. one for men is coming as well. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Cause I think, you know, we all have our differences and, but we're all, you know, connected at the same time, but we all have our things that, you know, we can connect on specifically with the same group. And so that's something I definitely talk a lot about, especially in corporate America, right. With this toxic masculinity and walk around with your chest poked out and all that fun stuff. So it has been an amazing conversation and I could probably talk you to death for a few more hours. So I greatly appreciate you coming on and, and sharing this story with us here. And if you uh, had to leave with one last note, what would you uh, leave the listeners with? Hmm. I would say to allow love to be a guiding force in our lives and that love is a practice and to see how you can practice loving the people you come across every day, whether it's family or strangers and whether it's through a kind gaze or a smile or a compliment or some loving touch, just to really allow love to infuse into every aspect of our life Mm. because it's a beautiful healing energy that can shift any situation or moment and bring us closer together and more and create connection, which is really what we all desire underneath it all. It's that feeling of connection and love that when we share our purpose or when we enter into a beautiful relationship or have children or write a book, it's, it's an act. It's all an act of love. Mm -hmm. And so just to be conscious of that and even ask myself, you know, ask yourself, myself, we just ask ourselves, what can I do today to bring more love into the world? And as a masculine being, it could be how am I sharing my purpose? How am I showing off and et cetera? So, so yeah. And then this, with feminine beings, it could just be like, how am I actually just giving love? Right. Mm-hmm. So the Speaking way that. I love, I yeah. love that. <laughs> yeah. so that's just what I say. Cause I'm really, I feel a true like love ambassador and I feel like, Love is why we're all here. So, and That's love right. is really a spiritual principle. So, and, and coming from someone that I I did not love myself for very long time up until probably a year and a half, two years ago, it's for the first time I did love myself, and and that message couldn't ring any more true because especially when we learn to love ourselves and the the love we can extend out to the things that we're involved in, the people we're connected with, and the lives that we touch it, uh, it's a, it's a magical force. So thank you so much for, for sharing that. And I want to leave it at that because that was, uh, well said. So thank you so much, Nikki, for coming on and, and sharing this with us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And thank you for offering this space to share this, these words of wisdom and, and to really elevate consciousness and bring love onto the planet. Thank you so much. Most definitely. Much love, everyone. Mm -hmm.